0: Medicine for Modern Times podcast. I am your host, Rich Lister. Hi and welcome to this Medicine for Modern Times podcast. Today I'd like to talk to you about going outside. In the UK where I am and specifically England and also around the rest of the world, because rest of the world, um, there's a pandemic going on. Pandemic meaning whole world. Um, And this pandemic has caused a lot of interesting things to happen with our governments, with society, with how we interact as human beings to change. And one of the really important things that I'm finding interesting out of this is not just the COVID-19 actual virus messing us up and all the long COVID um, things that are coming through. It's how our leadership has influenced us as humans during this. Because we're humans and I'm assuming we're humans. There may be lizard people listening. Hi. Um, we're humans and we have some certain needs I like Maslow's hierarchy, hierarchy of needs admittedly this, that was done on I think white people in like the 1960s or something so there's different um, nuances with different ethnic groups and different uh, societal pressures but I like the Structure that provides, but also I like Stephen Porg's work. Porg is? P O R G E S. He came up with something called polyvagal theory, and which is important to remember. And what's happened in lots of places, and I'm going to talk to the UK specifically here, but there's um, mirrors or versions of throughout the world, is masks and social distancing. Now, Put it clearly, right now, I am in favour of masks in the right situation and I'm in favour of social distancing in the right situations because we don't want to kill all of the people or indeed infect everyone with this virus because we don't know actually what the long-term effects are. And my personal long-term effects are a bit of a pain. But anyway, back to masks and social distancing. We, as humans, are social creatures, and we're designed to be around other humans. Earlier this week, um, my beautiful wife and I we went to London, only an hour and a half drive from where we are, and we had to go there for um, book stuff. And we went, we stayed the night and did the book stuff. Um, what is I found super interesting is that the way our bodies responded to being around a lot of people, And we knew this would be an interesting experience. So what we did, we the week before, we went down to another big city. So we were around more people than we have been for the last three months. And we titrated, we pendulated, whatever word you want to use, between having lots of people around us and then finding a safe space, etc. So we could get our bodies and our nervous systems used to this exposure to more people. So we were in London and... Currently, we're living down on the south coast, and it's not quite as busy. But yeah, London, and there's lots more people in London, there's lots more moving around. there's lots more sirens and traffic, etc. And everyone's wearing masks, well, not everyone, but a large amount of people are wearing masks because where we were we were right next to one of the big hospitals and so there's lots of medical people around and medical people know what they need to do to keep themselves safe and they were wearing masks and social and maintaining social distancing so we're in london people are wearing masks um where you're eating out because that's what you do when you're living not home and we're taking stuff back to a hotel in the evenings or whatever we're doing And one of the things that I found interesting was how anxious I got with no focus. Um, If I experience anxiety or stress usually, I find that the experience tends to have a focus. There's something I'm worried about specifically. And this is what I found interesting here was that the focus wasn't defined because I was in a big city and there's lots of people around me, which usually I quite like. I like people. They're fun. Especially in a very cosmopolitan city because where I am now, is not very. And being around so many people, a lot of whom were wearing masks, made it quite hard to know that I was safe in their situation. But you can't see a lot of people's unconscious communication with you because of the mask and because they're a long way away from you. Part of our biology, part of our innate coding that's kept us alive as a species over millions of years from whenever it was we were protozoa bubbling around in the primordial soup to escaping the sea and evolving into whatever we evolved into and land so we didn't get eaten by dinosaurs and stuff, was being in social groups that so we survived. So we learned And we evolve to have social interaction in our bodies and minds. And when we don't get that social interaction, our bodies and minds start to have problems. And what's even worse is that if we feel that we are, this is not consciously, if we unconsciously feel that we're being excluded from the social thing, then we start to get worried. And if we look at monkeys here, monkeys, when they exclude a member of their community because they're dumb or stupid or have made a a mistake that endangers the rest of the community, then that monkey's probably going to get eaten by something. And that fear is in all of us. So when we can't get the social reinforcement that we're okay and we're safe and we're loved or at least tolerated, then our unconscious mind starts looking for the threat. And with that little bit of knowledge, we can put it on top with the COVID-19 fear that's bubbling around in everyone's unconscious mind now because there's not a lot of solid information out there because it's so brand new. And uncertainty shatters our neurology It shatters our nervous system because if we're not certain about something, it's unknown. And unknowns are by definition scary or at least activating. You have to have quite an evolved sense of uh, excitement to be able to see the complete unknown that's potentially dangerous as exciting over scary. So we've got the unknown of this entire viral thing going on. Plus, we have the inability to co-regulate, which means, co-regulate means uh, getting we're safe props from the humans around us. And sometimes we don't get them full stop, even if it was before the pandemic, where people were just normal living normal lives. But we still get eye contact and maybe a, a grin at the traffic lights or from the barrister who actually, barrister? barrister? I don't know how he's, barrister is a lawyer in the UK, so... So probably barista um, over when you buy your coffee and probably you wouldn't get a smile off a barrister unless you paid them. Um, I've got myself distracted now by barristers and baristas. So we build our sense of safety by checking out if everything one around us is safe. And so safety here is a really important concept our bodies are designed to keep us safe they're super good at it they will they can and will survive hideous injuries i've seen it as a nurse and in the, in the er in the AE. i've seen our bodies survive and thrive through things that we wouldn't have thought if we paid any attention to it that we can do we, we, our bodies can eat loads of stuff and survive our bodies can eat water drink water that you would have thought it would be fatal to us, but we have an immune system that beats off things and keeps us alive. Our bodies are really good at keeping us alive. And not just from making sure we can eat lots of things and drink things, but also from spotting threats. And I think I probably talked about it before, but it's one of my favourite things, is that while I was walking around London... I've got the unconscious fear of that this is virus around. And as I was doing it just um, that morning or maybe the day before, someone had published a paper saying that the antibodies um, for COVID-19 disappear or become less prevalent after three months. And about three months ago was when we had the bug. Um, so there's that fear bubbling around in my head as well. So there's being in an unknown place. I don't know. I don't know very London very well. There is the fact that I can't see everyone's faces. so I can't read off them if they're safe or not. They're also a long way away. So I can't hug them or shake hands or have any time of human, meaningful contact that we're evolved to do. And the potential virus is out there lurking, hidden from me And I noticed my body getting anxious because I didn't have a focal, a focus for what could be killing me. Crossing a road in London, is there's a focus. You know, there's someone on a motorbike weaving in between cars who's going to potentially come a little bit too fast and clip you, or you're going to walk out on the wrong colour light and uh, someone's going to break and beat their horn at you and stuff. So that's a focal threat. A unfocal threat is this potential virus lurking around and not being able to see if the other humans around you are scared or um, friendly or uh, threatening towards you. And this is where our mask problem comes. Because not only do the masks stop other humans reading the really fine motors around your face, around your mouth and nose... And we have to rely on our eyes, and especially if you're wearing glasses like I do. You have glasses and a mask. That means your face is quite well obscured from someone else looking at you. And uh, my mammalian brain this part of me that's a little bit ancient and not very evolved. Isn't very good at thinking, but is very good at feeling and spotting threat and respond while reacting to threat. threat. Um He's getting a bit worried now because it knows there's something floating in the air that can kill me that I can't punch or run away from. But also these other humans around me, can not I can't read off them if it's safe because that's what my mammalian brain's doing. If I'm in a place and all the other humans are calm and relaxed, then okay, I don't need to worry about un- um, hidden things. I don't need to worry about a tiger lurking in a bush or a plague floating in the air. But because everyone's covered up, not only can't I read from them, the implicit information there is that there is still danger here. And So this is is where my anxiety came from when I was in London, because I'm walking around, I can't get any safety cues. I can't get any of the things that go, don't worry, Rich, you're safe, you've got this. Intellectually, I know I'm good, because I'm doing the right things, I'm eating the right food. Chocolate's the right food, right? Uh, I'm drinking lots of water. I'm getting exercise. I'm doing what I could, the best I can do for my body to keep myself safe. I'm wearing a mask when it's a good idea to wear a mask. So I'm intellectually taking the right steps, but my unconscious mind still is going look, the other monkeys are scared because they're wearing a mask and they're not looking at me and I can't see their faces. So you best be scared, monkey rich. So my whole physiology, my neurology is going, rich, there is a threat. You need to sort it out. You need to either get out there or fight it. Or if I can't do either of those, my body starts to freeze and the freeze response in humans is quite nuanced. So, um, In different schools of thought, we have fight and flight and freeze, which are very primitive animal responses. So if you um, scare a bear, it will either run away from you, attack you. If If neither of those two things work, it will freeze. It will literally collapse to the floor and look like it's dead. You can see it more often in prey creatures like possums or um, rabbits or mice. Um, They'll try and run away. They can't really fight a cat, but um, as soon as um, that doesn't work, they freeze and pretend to be dead. So that's an animal. In humans, it's a little bit more evolved. We have an activation, um, a a mobilisation response, which means you either run away or you fight it. And if that doesn't work... um, your body starts getting get really overwhelmed, and goes into freeze response. And in the human freeze response, we have a fawn, which is quite an evolved um, sp- response. And this freeze response, which means you basically shut down. First of all, fawn is you see it a lot in domestic abu- abuse, or um, you, some people might call it um, Stockholm syndrome, was where you completely attach to the threat and make it so the threat doesn't actually want to hurt you anymore. So you become on their side, and that fawn response is really quite a potent way of staying alive, even though your body is in danger. But you're staying alive, even though you're in a situation that's dangerous. Not terribly good if you need to get out. If there's a chance to get out of it, and your body's not set up to do that, it's changing that energy state from the fawn to back to the uh, from the immobilisation of fawn to the immobilisation of run away, flight. We also have the fawn response that, sorry, the uh, freeze response, the immobilisation response of disassociation is where we let the body do what the body has to do. Because as I said earlier, our bodies are great at surviving stuff and there's not very they're not very nuanced, they're not very clever, but they're really good at surviving. So, when we disassociate our conscious mind doesn't fully inhabit the body as closely as it could do and this is great if you're being actively eaten by a tiger or if you're um, having to survive a uh, abusive relationship your brain can switch off and your body can take it Great, maybe the wrong word in that context, but to, I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. You're, it stops you getting more damaged mentally um, while your body can survive or not the situation. So this disassociation is where we start having problems. And this is what I noticed myself when I'm pondering around London, getting myself all wound up because I can't quite work out how to be safe here. And because... I spend a lot of time feeling into myself and my clients about how I feel in any situation, especially ones that are a bit new. I, I watch myself get to these activation states. I watched, my, I watched, maybe the wrong word, I observed my heart rate going fast and my breathing switched from big belly breaths to quite shallow, high upper chest breaths. So I, I can feel my body getting activated to a threat that I can't respond to. And I notice that I can't run away from things no matter how fast I walk. And there's nothing to fight because the consequences of me punching someone in a mask is pretty severe. And they're not actually the threat at all because they're two metres away, so I've got time to react to that anyway. So my body starts to go, okay, those two things aren't working. So, uh, Rich, you go and think about how... Dinosaurs may have ridden bikes, and we'll get the body to the uh, coffee shop so you can have a croissant. That sounded quite evolved thinking, but yeah. Now, interesting. So I observed I observed that, and I and I knew what I needed to do before my body got completely overwhelmed. Because I know there's something that there's nothing I can really do about the unconscious threat around me. But what I can do is tell my body it's safe. And a really good way of doing that is what my body wanted to do anyway. It was go and find somewhere to have some breakfast. So I took my body to coffee shop, got myself my green juice and which sounded very healthy, and bagelly type doughy thing which wasn't so much, and um, ate. And by making sure my body was salivating. By smelling the food, by um, really being conscious of the food, my body then steps down from that activation, that fight and flight mode, back into a point of safety, relative safety, by knowing that, yay, I'm here, I can eat. So I've, I've self-regulated. Self-regulation is relatively difficult because you have to be really observant of your own self, especially if you're new to it. Which is where masks are an interesting thing, because normally we co-regulate, which means we look around and find out if it's safe, if you can be happy or sad or excited in the situation. You, know, you see it with kids all the time who will gaze at their parents, or specifically mums, and um, see how mum's reacting. And if mum's really, really calm, baby's really calm but if mum's getting anxious and uh, angry baby will get anxious and angry especially in supermarkets when baby's having a squeak and then mum gets frustrated because she's worried about she's being judged and then baby gets even more loud because mum's getting stressed so baby's reading off mum again nothing to there's no blame or shame here babies get stressed mums get stressed you ain't slipped but there's no, there's no there's no secret here you are allowed to be wound up the babys squeaking no one is judging you. And if they are, turn to F off, because you're doing an amazing job. Anyway, I digress. So when we, as uh, human animals, we look around and see that other humans around us are safe, then we can start to regulate off them. We take the desirable characteristics off them. So if someone's really chilled and relaxed around us when we think we're in danger, we're probably okay. Masks help make this slightly more difficult because we, we take a lot of information from people's faces, not necessarily consciously, but quite unconsciously. And this is where the masks can cause a little bit of hassle with A, the anxiety caused by that pandemic anyway, and then B, adding on top of that, that we can't see what the human peoples, other human peoples, other human beings are actually feeling and how they are around us. So the co-regulation of people around me when I was had my um, pastry thing and um, green juice and coffee um, was difficult because people coming into the shop had masks on. They were authority figures with masks on because they had ID badges and a couple of them were in scrubs. Um, so... Unconsciously, I have a predisposition to respect authority figures, which gets in my way sometimes. But because I see authority figures, um, they're wearing masks, and that, and therefore there's a threat because a mask to me equals a threat. Potentially because either uh, through my training as a nurse or because of what I've been told on the news. So that, that fear response, that anxiety response starts to get going again. So I have to consciously bring myself back to my super healthy breakfast and tell my body that I said, it's okay i can move my breathing from that quite high fast breathing that's up on my chest down to the deep <sighs> belly breaths that are really deep in your body and one of the really powerful tools to do this beyond the breath because breath is a really good way to start is that making sure you're breathing into your tummy is to use sound, because sound's a really primitive way our brains pick up information. And when your brain is anxious, it's much better at picking up deep sounds, which is why I think my Nidras are quite popular, because I've got quite a deep voice. And because anxious people... Uh, naturally pick up the deep sounds better than they pick up the high sounds because deep sounds tend to be predator cro- the growl of the tiger in the bush or the lion or the bear or the wolf or whatever and so when you're anxious, stressed or traumatised your hearing automatically will pick up the low vibrational stuff first often and sometimes to the exclusion of higher vibration stuff to so higher frequency stuff which is really great for me with my voice because people come to me for Nidra and coaching and hypnosis and stuff who have anxiety and stress and trauma. But it's not so good if you are talking to the barrister behind the counter who's um, young and female, whose voice might be slightly higher pitched because then you can't hear her as clearly. So what we can do is try to relax our bodies using the sound currents. And sound currents are really powerful ways to do this. In um, yoga, Kundalini yoga specifically, um, it's called NAD, the way in which words and sounds are put together. And it's often used in chants and in lots of that uh, Buddhist chants and Hindu chants and also Gregorian chants, like the um, Christian chants as well. Because you have that deep, repetitive noise that uh, that stimulates the, or satisfies is the better word, uh, anxiety response in people. But then you also have the higher notes in there, the higher frequencies that will train the body to relax. So what does I do? I put on some loud thrash metal on my earbuds and let myself get inside that. That works for me. Aelstrom... Pirate rock music may not be your best thing, but it works for me. And this is where learning about yourself, your um, N equals one model, the, your your study of you, is really powerful. Because if you know, like I did, what my signals are for danger in my body, some are quite unif- un- universal. Your heart rate goes up, your breathing switches from your tummy up to your chest. And your blood pressure comes up slightly, um, you become slightly more hyper so your eyes dart around a bit more. But there's also other ways that your body manifests things. So it's up to you to discover with you. So as you know you're becoming activated, you can take steps to deactivate that um, activation response. Easy ones is telling your body it's time to eat. So sitting down somewhere that you are safe, and by um, by safe, I mean you can sit down somewhere and find, for instance, three green things and or two blue things. So you can focus on that, that you know where everything is around you, so you've got a good field of vision. Somewhere you know it's safe, like your bedroom or your living room is yours, or indeed even your office. And having food that you want to eat usually high calorie food works because your monkey mind really actually, you have to go even more basic than that your lizard mind listen people um your lizard mind uh which is really unevolved is only can only concerned with calories and um breath will love you eating your chocolate bar and that instantly can turn off that fight and flight response. But do it mindfully. Just stuffing it in like a two-year-old on a sugar crash doesn't work by making sure that you can get your mouth to salivate over the thing, which means your body is getting ready to eat, not just stuffing it in as soon as you've opened the wrapper. I have been very guilty of this in the past. Mindfully eating is probably the right word here, is making sure that you appreciate that, yes, I'm going to eat the thing. And not only does it satisfy your really primitive neurologist's um, desire for calories, so the chocolate bar, the whatever it is you choose to eat, diabetics don't eat the chocolate bar, you know the results of that. Then your body moves from the activation to the safe space because you've told it and actively coherently consciously said you are going to eat now salivate make sure your tummy has a little rumble maybe don't just stuff it in and then eat it slowly one way second way nice deep breaths slow deep breath when you inhale it goes right into your tummy so your tummy comes up like you've got a cheese baby and exhaling so squish your tummy in and pushing all the air out up through your chest out through your nose or mouth you can even make a noise Peter Levine is the wise old uncle is that a good description don't know find out in a minute Um, of something called somatic experiencing, and he has a noise called vroom. So you inhale, so you've got a nice full tummy, not straining or stressing yourself. And as you exhale, you go vroom, and make it a really deep, resonant noise that goes right down into your tummy, as deep as you can get. And you keep going vroom. This isn't Quite as appropriate in Pretty Manger. I did it. I'm six foot seven and quite confident in what I needed to do. Also, listening to music or a safe noise that works for you. So, podcasts work because you're safe with that person's voice. New podcasts, maybe not so much, but someone who you know and resonate with and accept their story. Music works. Um, again, I listen to some weird stuff, but it works for me. So find the what music works for you. And if you have a space that you can take yourself and you feel that you could do with some more relaxation, Radical Rest Yoga Nidra, hashtag pim pim and product, um, are great for helping you relax. And um, I'm going to put one up on uh, the podcast thingy just after this. There's a couple on there. So... By actively seeing my physical response to what was going on around me, I was able to go, okay, I need to turn that off. And because I'm a geek about this stuff, I know how to turn my body into the right way that I want it to be. I don't want it to be activated. Activated is great if I'm running for the bus. don't run for a bus. Or being a Viking or... (laughs) running somewhere that I do all the time, honestly, one catch 5K, that that helps. Um, That activation is great for that. But it's not so great for walking down the street trying to find a croissant. So by knowing how to turn myself off with some simple biological tools, because our brains and our minds and our bodies are all essentially the same thing. They're all wired up together. So, why not spend some time learning how you work personally and then using that skill, that technique to see around you? Ah, so and so is wearing a mask. They're two meters away. I can't give them a hug or shake hands. And I can't see if they're safe. But in my body, I can regulate myself as much as I'm able to. And then when I get home, I can Zoom someone or I can hug my partner or the kids or whatever it is you want to do. Or if um, in the UK we have bubbles between households. So friends, family can go around the house and bubble up and be hugging each other. So getting the regulation we can while accepting that our social regulation is a little bit harder to get at the moment is really important and using breath sound salivation food is a really good way of managing your body's response to this new experience of exiting lockdown after three months of not seeing very many people and being told that everything's in dangerous if you'd like more support about this, please give me a shout. You can find me at medicineformoderntimes.com or I guess you can probably Google Medicine for Modern Times or Richard Lister. Rich Lister. Rich I think I'm Rich Lister on Google. Um, or Medicine for Modern Times on Instagram and Facebook. So if you need some help, give me a shout. I can hook you up. And depending on how organised I am I will put up a Radical Rest Yoga Ninja to help you relax as well after this thank you, have an amazing rest of your day big, big love